smartphone, or if you would just like to look at the screen behind me, will you stand with me? We're going to read the word of the Lord. I ask one favor of you this morning. Can you not allow today to be just your tradition of being in a church service? We know on Sundays, those that are believers go into the house of the Lord and we gather and the preacher preach. God does what God does. And then we just leave out and that's the end of the story. And it's almost like we just went and did what we ritualistically do on Sundays. And I would like for us to try to break that cycle in our mind, in the way we process, in the way we go about our business, that we just need to allow the word of God to settle in our heart, to settle in our soul. We just... If you can just be focused this morning, just for a little bit, I hope I can communicate what I need to communicate. Um, I try to challenge myself. I pray. I say, God, help me to articulate and, and present the gospel message in a clear and concise way where the people of God can hold on to it, where they can walk out and they can explain, articulate what has been transmitted to them. That's what I would love, that, that because that's what's going to hold us when we leave here. If not, we will do the traditional thing. Yep, I went to church this morning. Church was nice. There was a couple of good things that the pastor said, and you just go about your business. That's not what God's intent is for your life. God's intent for your life is for you to have the deepest relationship you can have with him. God's intent for your life is that one day when he returned for each and every one of us that have lived the committed life unto him that we will spend eternity with him and the destruction of this world and everything in it will not have us because we will spend eternity with him and we will escape the destruction that will someday take over this world we've seen a lot of tragic things over the years and even before we were even on the earth but nothing is going to be worse than when jesus christ appear and the church of the living god will rise up to meet him and everything that's left back will not experience the love of God anymore. Let's let's try to open our heart today and receive the word of the Lord with gladness and let it change our heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Amen. The word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Don't turn me off yet. For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness. Don't turn me off, please. And what concord had Christ with Belial? Or what part had he that believeth with an infidel, meaning a non-believer? And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and 
they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The beginning of that text will make you feel like, my goodness, what is this all about? Am I supposed to be this hermit? What am I supposed to be, God? What am I supposed to do? Because that sounds like a lot of challenges there that don't seem possible. But I'm going to help you today. It is possible. And I want you to understand what the word of the Lord is saying unto you. Just let's pray for one moment. Father, in the matchless and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray this morning that you will touch every heart and every mind. Allow us, Lord God, to be wide open for you, Lord Jesus, that you may transmit, that you may deposit, that you may impart your pure, unadulterated word in the hearts, minds, and soul of every individual in this place. Father, I don't have the ability, but you can surely provide me the ability. Father, I pray that I will be led by your spirit and not by my own mindset or by my desires. I pray that the Holy Ghost will empower me and overshadow me and direct me and lead me. And God, help me to follow the leading of your spirit. I pray that you will pour out of your spirit and that there will be signs and wonders and demonstration among us. Lord, I know it is your will that all be saved and none should perish. I know that it is your will that we all walk out of this place with joy and deeper commitment to you, Lord God. It is your will that, God, we become vessels and instruments and conduits of God to be able to touch our lost world, to love the people and let them see what God really looks like in flesh. I pray today in the name of Jesus that there will be a supernatural experience for us with you, Lord God. Have your way, Almighty God, and touch us individually and collectively. We want your will to be done in our hearts, minds, and soul. And we ask you all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Can everyone say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. I thank you for standing and engaging in the word of the Lord. Today, I have entitled the message of the Lord, Yoked Up with Christ. Yoked Up with Christ. When I, when I decided that that's what God wanted me to talk about, I remember my good friend, Dr. Jeffers, I, I believe he preached something about that. I don't quite remember the direction he went, but I'm no Dr. Jeffers, and I certainly won't preach what he preached, because I can only preach what the Lord tell me to preach. But yoked up with Christ was something that was in my heart that I felt like God was wanting me to explain to you all what he is after in us being yoked up with him. Listen to this. Counselors use the triangle to explain hostility in relationships. When you go to a counselor and they're going to counsel you, they like to look at the triangle in relationships. That's how they're going to determine where the hostility is coming from, by the triangle. 
For instance, a daughter might have a wonderful relationship with her mother. The daughter, however, can easily poison that relationship by having a girlfriend whom the mother dislikes. The dislike for this friend will inevitably affect the mother's relationship with her own child. The harmony of the family will be disrupted until the mother changes her feelings for the friends, for the friend, or the daughter ends the relationship with the friend. So now, the household, the way how relationship is being handled or, or, or done within the home can be disrupted because the daughter has a friend that the mother doesn't like and, and now there's a problem there. So now the mother and the daughter is not getting along because the mother is saying, I don't like your friend. And the only way that can ever be resolved is if the mother stop liking, start liking the friend or the daughter cut loose the friend. It's the only way it gets worked out. If that doesn't happen, there is a conflict, there is an issue that needs to be resolved, and relationship is not working right because there is a triangle conflict. This occurs because all three are tied together in a triangular relationship. Each relationship, the mother's relationship with the child and the friend, and conversely, the child's relationship to the mother and the friend, are interconnected. Do you agree with that? Have we experienced things like that? Okay. Well, that's the phenomenon that Jesus was explaining to us be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because if you're yoked with me and you're yoked with unbelievers, there's going to be a conflict. There's going to be a disruption. The flow of relationship can't really work. And because Jesus is not like us, he's always right, then it's going to be an issue on our part, not on his part. In this case, the mother have a little issue as well because, guess what? The, the Bible says we must love one another. So by the mother not loving that girl that her daughter is a friend with, she already breaks the law of God. The law of God also told that daughter, respect your mother. So both mother and daughter is probably doing something wrong. But when it's about the Lord Jesus, whatever he says, whatever he is directing us, he can never be wrong. So when he says do not, if we do, then it means that we're in the wrong and not him. Yes? Our relationship with God will affect, will be affected when we have a relationship with anything or anyone that God opposes or anything or anyone that, that will not bring honor to God. So our relationship with everyone and everything should not oppose God 
or should not hinder us from honoring God in our life. So in other words, if I'm a child of God and I'm, I'm serious about living for God, whoever I have a relationship with, whatever I have a relationship with, whatever I'm connected to, as long as those things do not compromise my relationship with God, as long as those things does not cause me to not honor God with my life, then I need to say, wait a minute here, let me rethink this relationship. Can I say this? I've been saying this because I know what I'm saying. God don't want us to live a life of do's and don'ts. For a long time, we think Christianity is about, don't you do that? This is what you're supposed to do. Don't you do that? And so everyone get this concept that Christianity Christianity is about do's and don'ts, what you can't do. The devil introduced that in the Garden of Eden when he said to Adam or said to Eve, God said that you can not eat of every tree in the garden. Remember what I've been saying. If we look at the garden and said, just give an estimated number that there was a million trees in the garden and God only said, don't touch one tree. It meant they could eat from 999,000 trees. But the devil made them focus on the one tree. (laughs) That's what he's been doing since day number one, is make us focus on the one thing that God says that's not good for you. And so we're living our Christian life thinking that it's about do's and don'ts. You can't do this or you can't do that. When God is saying there's a whole lot that you can do, but this one thing I don't want you to do. And so now we go around living our life looking, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I got to watch this. Oh, I got to watch that. This is all God is after. God is after you living a Christian life that honors him. He is looking for you to live a Christian life that honors him. Remember we talked about the exchange when God says, I'm going to come in the flesh to this earth and what I'm going to do is I'm going to die instead of you die for all the wrong you've done. I'm going to die for you, but you have to do me a favor and live in my stead when I go away from the earth because you were supposed to die, but I volunteered to die for you so you wouldn't die. But what you have to do is live in my stead, which means you got to live like I would live when I lived on the earth so it's about honoring God not do's and don'ts not what's right and wrong if I'm living to honor God I will not worry about do's and don'ts if I'm living to honor God I will not look at right and wrong if I'm living to honor God I will not worry about sin because all I'm doing is saying God I want this life that I live to honor you I want this life that I live to give honor to you I want people to look at my life and say that guy or that gal is not like everybody else they're different who are they and when they start to ask who are you that's when you can say I'm a child of God. I live by the word and the power of God. I don't live like everybody else, but I live according to the ways of God. 
That's what God wants from us. He wants everywhere we go, people can look and say, my God, who are they? They're different. They're not like everybody else. Listen. Everybody from the day you were born till today always want to be special. You always want to feel special. So why are we rejecting living for God? (laughs) The very thing that you desire from birth, which is to feel special, God has given it to you and you don't even realize it. Because when you live for God, you will be treated special. You will be looked on and being special by God and by the people that you come in contact with. Uh, They will know you're not like everybody else. They will know you live a different kind of life. They will know if they need to know something right, they come into you because you're different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God wants us to live a life that honors him. Cut out the do's and the don'ts. Cut out the what's wrong with this. Cut out the, there's nothing wrong with that. Cut it out. Say to yourself, how does this life, how does what, what I do, how does that honor God? So that's all you want to ask yourself. And I, and, and I believe me, you will see how much different you will live for God because you're not worried about anything other than God, does this honor you? If you every day wake up, set out to say, does this life honor God? It will change who you are, which is what God is after. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you so much that he don't want you to stay the way you are. He loves you just the way you are, but he don't want you to stay the way you are. Help me somebody. What does it mean to be yoked with unbelievers? We read here in verse 14 where Paul is exhorting the Corinthians not to be yoked together with unbelievers. What was he doing? What what was he saying? Let me preface what he's saying by saying this. He was urging the Corinthians church not to form a binding relationship with unbelievers because this might weaken their Christianity, their commitment, their integrity, or their standards to God. Let me tell you this. You can play with it if you want. Because most of us seem to live for God on particular days and take off some other days. When you join yourself with someone that's living for the devil every day, you will never be stronger than them. <laughs> well, I'll say that again. Because there are people that is not thinking about God. They just live in the way they want every day. Whatever Satan put in their mind, they just do it. That's what they do every day. You come to church on Sunday. You may come to Bible study on Thursday. You pray here and there and read your Bible. That's not enough compared to those that every day. Let me go be a heathen. Every day. Let me go do what I feel. You are not stronger than them. 
So if you bind yourself with them because you like them, seem like good people, they're creations of God. Somehow you're going to find yourself doing what they do more than they're going to find themselves doing what you do. Try me and see. That's the word of God. It will not. You can't outdo them. Now, let's have church seven days a week. Ah, let's go to church seven days a week. And now we can go join up with anybody. And I guarantee you, it'll be a different story. But we're not going to church seven days a week. You see, you see what I'm trying to tell you? It's not because you're a wimp. It's not because you're soft. It's because they're putting more time into what they're into than you are. Revelation. The lady with the issue of blood. She had an issue of blood for a long time. Couldn't get cleansed. The Bible says she fought through the crowd to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ and she was healed. In any other circumstance, if Jesus was anybody else, when she touched that hem of that garment, that person that was supposed to be holy and righteous would have become defiled. Oh yeah, that person would have become defiled. But because Jesus was all powerful... And he, this is him. This is what we're talking about. It's all about him, though. The power of God, the, the sovereignty of God, the glory of God was all in him. So anything touch him had to become like him. And that's the only way we're going to have an impact on our world and the people around us is when we get so much into God. When we touch them, they will be changed. And that's what Jesus is looking for from us. When we begin to mingle with them, when we begin to connect with them, they will be changed, not us. Paul didn't mean we are not to associate. Let me help you because y'all might have been worried about this. Paul didn't mean we were not supposed to associate or even we should isolate ourselves from non-believers. That's not what he was talking about. You know why I know that was, that's not what he was talking about? Go back and read a couple of chapters behind or ahead. Paul told the, un, the, 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 the spouse that is a believing spouse, the spouse that's a Christian spouse. Paul said this in his writing, that the sanctified wife will sanctify the unsanctified husband and vice versa. So Paul is telling us that as a spouse, you're not supposed to leave your spouse because they're not Christians. So if Paul is saying, I know your spouse is not a Christian, but stay with them. Be an example. Show them what it is to live like a Christian. If Paul is telling them that, that's, it can't mean that Paul is saying, man, don't, don't affiliate yourself with non-believers. Also, Paul also understand this. We are to be witnesses to the lost world. How in the world are you going to be a witness if you're never connecting in some kind of way? Jesus himself taught us that the way to be the most effective in witnessing is by finding some kind of commonality among you and the person that you're reaching out to witness to. So Paul is not telling us, man, 
Don't mess with those people. They're no good. We're, we're not supposed to be Christians looking, at, looking down at people because such were some of you. We all was there at one time. If you living good right now and living godly, that's fine. But you was in a place one time where you wasn't living good. You wasn't pleasing God. You was not honoring God. So none of us have the right, because not even God himself looked down on us like that. So none of us have the right to look down on anybody and say, mm, I don't know about them. None of us have that right. But what he's trying to get across is this. If we're going to live right, if we're going to make heaven our home, we got to be careful on who we're yoked up with, on who we are connected with. That's what he's saying. How much, how much is your relationship with God worth to you? How, mm, let me, let me, can I say this? What do you think about yourself as a child of God? It's amazing to me. That Hollywood people marry Hollywood people. It's amazing to me how doctors marry other doctors. Just keep on going and look at, look at how people yoked up with people that are like them. Why are we struggling with this word? Why are we struggling with Paul said, be not unequally? Why, why are we making it such a big deal when people practice this every day, all day? They don't yoke up with people that are different from them. They know who they are. We got to start knowing who we are. Because when you understand that you're a child of God, oh my God, nobody got to tell you, be not unequally yoked. You'll know, I love you, but man, I'm different from you. I don't know about you, but I tell my kids, be careful who you keep company with. I don't know about you, but I'm telling my kids that be careful who you keep company with. Ugh. We don't have a problem with who they keep company with because we, we are Christians and we're supposed to love them. But if we see that their life don't line up with ours, we have to be careful in how much time our children's going to spend with them. My son Jordan liked to, he's been telling me since he started um, uh, kindergarten, Dad, can we do this with this one? I just talked with him. He hadn't done nothing with anybody. Because I got to be careful real sharp when I finally make a decision. I got to be on it. Because I know what we believe. I know what I teach him. And I don't want someone else go and go take that out of him. Very important. So Paul wasn't trying to be discriminatory or anything like that or try to treat people less than who they are. He's just making sure that you don't lose your relationship with God. That's what it's about. Don't focus on the other part. Focus on the part of Paul is saying, I don't want you to lose your relationship. And if you yoked up with the wrong situation, wrong person, you will lose your relationship with God. So what did he really mean when he says avoid being yoked up with these individuals? The Greek word for yoked together was used in the first century for the act of, very important, harnessing animals together. It was against God's law to yoke together animals with different degree of strength. Such as an ox and a mule, because the plow would be pulled unevenly or the weight being carried would be spilled. 
So when you have two animals yoked up, if they're not equally yoked, you're trying to plow your field. If we don't know because we live in modern day age, you get two animals yoked up together and they're pulling the plow. And so the plow is behind them. Now, whoever is the stronger is going to, they're always going to deviate to this way. And so if you, if the stronger one is on the right here, he's going this way. The other one got to come. And guess what? The whole ground don't get plowed properly. So the stronger one always was the one that carried the load. So that's what we're doing when we yoke up with somebody that lived for their God every day. And you live for your God three and four times out of the week. They're going to pull you. And you're wondering, I'm strong. I pray. I got the Holy Ghost. I know you do. But they live for their God every day. And you do yours three days a week. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so the laws was you couldn't do it. It had to be two of the same animals with the same kind of strength, uh, had the same kind of likeness, uh, get along with one another. They were the ones that plowed the ground because now it will be plowed evenly. Help us, Jesus. Yes. In the same way, a believer and unbeliever are cate- categorically different. I'm not better than the next person. If I'm saving, they're not. We're just different. Right? Don't, nobody's, you're not better than people. We're all the children of God by creation. Now, you know, we talked about that. We're all children of God by creation. But then living for God, being a child of God in the house of God is what happens when we become born again. So we got to not make sure we got to make sure we don't treat ourselves as better than other people. We're just different. I meet Jehovah Witnesses many times or whoever different religion that don't see the same way I see. And I say, listen, if you want to talk to me, I'll talk to you. But I'm just telling you, we have different beliefs. I just see it differently than you. And they said, well, let's talk. I said, listen, you're not going to change me. You're not going to convince me because I've studied this word myself and I know what it says. And you might have changed the, you changed the Bible. Let me see what you got. The New World Translation. See, you changed the Bible. So I can't even go with that. And they said, all right, all right, all right. And they don't come back. Because I know what I believe and I understand what I believe and I know they're different from me. Then I say, now, if you want to talk to me, about what I believe, I'll be glad to explain that to you. We're just different. And I love them because guess what? I want to see them get a revelation of the truth and not have false doctrine leading them. I want them to get a revelation of the truth so they can now have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're just different. I don't have a problem with you and I don't hate you and I don't have issues with you. I love you, but I just see it differently from you because of who I am to Jesus. When Paul was telling us to avoid being harnessed to any situation that would compromise our faith or our Christian value. That's really what Paul was saying. Be careful. Yoking yourself up with something or someone because what you're doing is harnessing yourself to them or a situation that will compromise your faith and your Christian values and morals. We must not Harness ourselves with happiness or pleasure. 
or should I say what I've been saying? We must not yoke ourselves up with happiness or pleasure. Mm-hmm. Let me get down to it and do it. Brother Anthony Mangan helped us yesterday, but y'all wasn't here for prayer to know what he helped us with. But let me tell you what, what I'm helping you with. We are yoking ourselves up with our happiness and pleasure. What do I mean by that? Happiness and pleasure is so important to you that you have harnessed yourself to it. You have locked yourself in. with, And, and so when you're not happy and when your pleasures are not being met, you have become uncomfortable. You've got a problem because you're not happy and your pleasures, all that the desire that you have because they're not being met, you've got a problem now. You can't function like you want to. You, 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 things are not working out for you. Now you've got a problem. So I live for God as long as I'm happy and as long as I get all my pleasures fulfilled, then I live for God. But if I'm not happy and my pleasures are not fulfilled, then God, hold on a minute. Let me just say what Anthony Mangan said yesterday. I love America. Because it's the greatest country in the world with all of our flaws and with all of our issues. Greatest country in the world. And one of the things that make America so great is because it's, it's a country of democracy. That makes it great. But here's the deal. Because our brain has been flooded with this way of democracy living, we come to the kingdom of God. And it's a challenge for us because we want to live for God according to democracy. And in God's kingdom, there is no democracy. You can't live for God the way you want to. Either you're going to live for God the way he says, or you don't live for God at all. Because I got a little understanding about a good investment, it makes sense to me that if at the end I want to come out of this thing and be rich, if I want to come out of this thing and be all right, I understand, you know what? I don't need to live according to democracy. I need to live according to the king Ruling his kingdom. And whatsoever the king wants, that's what the king gets. Whatever the king says, that's what I'm going to do. There's no democracy in the kingdom of God. And we want democracy. And God says, no way, Jose. No way. No democracy in God's kingdom. We can't look for that. So if you're living, if you're harnessing, if you're yoking yourself up with Happiness and pleasure, you know what? Ain't going to work for God. And so some of us are saying, whoa, stop horse. Because when you're not happy and when your pleasures are not being met, I can't live for God. You can't be yoked up to your status in life. This is who I am. This is how I do. And so anything that compromises your status, guess what? You can't live for God. You can't be yoked up with your feelings and emotions. Because when you're yoked up with your feelings and emotions, they will dictate you. They will be the ones that have the stronger way of pulling, not you. You can't be yoked up with this world system. When God said love not the world, he wasn't talking about the trees and the sea and the, and the grass and, 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 and all that good stuff. That he, that, that, he's talking about the world system. Love not the world system. And if you're yoked up with the world system, everything the world says, you're trying to get involved with it. If that's how you're living your life, you can't be yoked up with God. 
you slow down on me because this is tough. Yes? This is not palatable. This is not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you truth. And the truth shall make you free. The truth is what's going to get you into heaven. The truth is what's going to get your relationship with God. I got to tell you the truth. And I have absolutely said, God, I can't do nothing but preach your truth and preach your word. I love the people of God. And I want to do everything I can to help you. But one thing I can't do is compromise preaching the word of God. I'm going down preaching the word of God. I can't preach the word of the word. I can't preach to you what you want. I got to preach the word of God. Got to preach the word of God. That's who my boss is. He's the shot caller. Whatever he wants, he gets. And I better not try to do no other thing other than what he says. We can't be yoked up with immorality. We can't be yoked up with anything ungodly. All of these things will compromise our relationship with God. Remember I said yoked up, harnessed, connected, joined together. That's what I'm saying. We cannot have such connection or harnessed with these things that they now become powerful in our life. They now get the best of our life. The scripture went on to say, as he said, be not Yoked together with unbelief. You read the scripture some more. It begins to say, For what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion had light with darkness, and what concord had Christ with Belial, or what part had he that believeth with infidel, and what agreement had the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God. Now let's kind of break down what those things are saying. The one... Righteous, God says, what fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? The one righteous, lover of God, holiness, striving for a deeper relationship with God and in obedience of his word. The other unrighteousness are to fulfill iniquity, the heart alienated from God, loving sin and walking in it. So you, if you're living for God and you're trying to be righteous and you're trying to be holy and you're trying to have a right relationship with God how is it that you're going to be yoked up with somebody that don't care nothing about God somebody that's saying sin what is sin this is how I live my life how can that work it can't the one light when you are supposed to be light illuminated by the Holy Ghost and shines bright in dark places uh, in this dark world uh, possessing the knowledge of truth uh, a children of the day a child of the day that's what you are the other darkness subject to error living in chaos confusion uh, where lies and deception reigns uh, and they are preparing themselves uh, for eternal darkness how can you and that fellowship harness your, your light They're in dark. How can the two work together? The two cannot work together. The one in Christ, members of the body who abides in the kingdom of God, who waits eternal life in Christ. The other, follow up Belial, 
who is the devil. Belial is the devil, in case you don't know. And means, the devil, his name Belial, means worthlessness and lawlessness. Worthlessness and lawlessness. We need to make a decision. The Bible talks about, in the end, when Satan is revealed, we are going to say, is this he who caused this world to tremble the way it did? Is this this, just this, this thing here? I don't want to be ashamed and disgusted and live in torment for all my life because this devil who is worthless and lawless and have no power and have no hope, I let him deceive me and got me to be where he is. No. No, devil. No. Whatever I got to suffer in Christ, that's what I got to suffer in Christ. Whatever I got to go through in Christ, that's what I got to go through in Christ. But I'm not going to worry about my happiness. I'm not going to worry about my pleasures. I'm not going to worry about the things that is just for right now. But I'm going to worry about eternity. You live past 70 years old, you're doing all right. You get to 100, you just broke the bank. But in God's eye, that's minuscule compared to eternity. Eternity. I can't let the devil get into my mind so much that I start compromising my walk, my relationship with God. Just so I can be happy for a moment. Just so I can experience pleasure. Just so I can feel better about something. What did we start off saying earlier? The young people went up to New York City. The tree was the highlight. And they saw the tree. Oh, that's the tree? Then I had to tell Zori. I said, Zori, maybe um, this is a big thing because look down there. The skating rink, you know, all that stuff. She's like, yeah, but still. I think that's what's going to happen to us if we allow this thing to, to, to get us going sideways. When, at, when the end comes, we're going to look and say, I really allowed my life to be messed up and I'm going to hell because of this. I was worried about all this stuff and, and now this. The one in Christ, members of his body who abides in the kingdom of God, who waits for eternal life with Christ, the other follower of Belial, who is the devil, which means worthlessness and lawlessness. They are being deceived and enticed by Satan. Listen to this. Their motivations and actions come from their own self-interest and not from a profound reverence for God. I'll tell you what I just said in case it went over your head. When you're, when what you do and what you think and what you're, what you're all about is coming from you, you're in trouble. I say it all the time. If you were capable of providing the life that you desire, why don't you have it yet? If you were capable of making sure you never get sick, why aren't you never sick? 
If you're capable of not aging and getting older, why aren't you staying at the same age? If you are capable of doing all that stuff, why aren't you doing it? Because you're not capable of doing it. So let's just be smart about it since I know who is capable of doing it because I'm not. And because I know he's capable of doing it, let me go to him and gather, garner my interest, my direction, my understanding from him. That's what it's saying. If you're living your life and all of your great ideas are coming from you, be careful. If it's, this is what I think. Listen, nothing wrong with saying this is what I think. All I want for you to do after you say that, but let me see what God says. This is what I feel. But let me see what God says. This is what I want to do. But let me. It's okay because you're your own individual. But before you do something, go and check with the king of kings. Go and check with the creator. Go and check with the almighty to say, what do you say about this? This is how I feel. This is what I think. But what do you almighty say? Mm. Yes. The one, the temple of God, consecrated to God, God dwelling in them. They are the church. The other, temple of idols, sinful and worship idols. How can such opposite as these be united? Why should righteousness seek alliance with iniquity? Can light and darkness walk together? Can Christ And Belial be on terms of concord. How can temples of God and temples of vilest idols be brought into agreement? It's not possible. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And you can change that word mammon to whatever you want it to be. We can't serve two masters. We try to. We try to serve pleasure and God. We try to serve our money and God. We try to serve our happiness and God. We try to serve our nice homes and God. We try to serve our nice cars and God. We try to serve our status and God. We try to serve all these things with God. We try to serve our pleasures and God. No man can serve two masters. So if you're serving something else with God, you're probably serving that something else, not God. Because God says, I'm a jealous God. And guess what? He is not going to be with you while you serve some other God. As God had said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. I'm finishing up here. That scripture is so prophetic. When the children of Israel was in bondage in Egypt... When God saved them out of Egypt, delivered them, they crossed the Red Sea. And then when Pharaoh and all his army came after them, God shut up the Red Sea and all of Pharaoh and his army, they drowned and they died. The children of Israel walked over on the other side. 
When they walked over on the other side, they built a temple, a tabernacle for God and them to meet. And that's where the presence of God will be. And that's where they started having church, the presence of God in the tabernacle. But God didn't stop there. People used to have church with the presence of God in the tabernacle. God says, that wasn't my final destination. God said, I want to dwell in you, not just among you. And here's how he went about doing that. He says, here's what I'll do. I'm almighty God. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to that earth as almighty God. But the only way to do that is become a human just like one of you. I'm going to eat like you, hunger like you, live like you, thirst like you, hurt like you, cry like you. So I'm going to manifest myself so you can see who I am as a human. And that's where the baby Jesus story comes in. So he became man through the whole process of being born, come through the womb of a woman and come into this world. There will be nothing you will be able to stand before God and tell him he did not understand. He had a stepdad. Joseph didn't cause... Jesus to be born? Joseph was a stepdad. He had a mom and she was a young girl. She wasn't no mature lady. She was a young girl. She was a young virgin girl. So Jesus, who is almighty God, came to this world and was just like us and had challenges just like us. And he walked among us. And many of us rejected him. And then we went on and crucified him. But guess what? He laid down his life because he had to do that so we can be saved. So that's all right. And when he was crucified, then he rose again from the grave and he ascended to heaven. And when he ascended to heaven, the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they was on one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it filled the whole house and they began to speak with tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so even when he walked among us he was a blessing but then he said I'm going to leave but I won't leave you comfortless I won't leave you without me I will do one better and I will go and live within you that's what he's after that's what God is after And so not only did he show us from the very beginning, I delivered my people out of sin. And then I said, you got to separate yourself. He'd been showing us that from day number one. When I take you out of that stuff, I got to bring you over here because I don't want you getting contaminated. And he did that for the children of Israel, brought them over. And he was among them. The priests went in and experienced the presence of God. Then he came in this earth and walked among us. And we treated him like, man, who is this dude, man? He sure he God. And then after that, he died and he left. And he still sent back his spirit to live inside of us. That's, that, that's how good he is to us. And we're worried about happiness. Go ask him, was he happy when he was on his face crying in the garden of Gethsemane saying, God, I feel the weight of the sin of the world. Go ask him, was he happy then? Go ask him, was he feeling good then? Go ask him if he was loving life and he had the pleasures he want then. 
Ask him that. Ask him how was life then. Ask him when they were attacking him, was it okay? How did he feel? Ask him when they put a crown of thorn in his head, was he okay? Go ask him that. Did he feel good? Was he happy? Did he want to look a certain way? Was he worried about his status? They even said to him, if you are God, then ask the angels to come and take you off the cross. He could have done it, and he didn't worry about his status. Me and you so worry about status? Oh yeah, I'm going to show them I'm God. I'm on this cross. I'm going to show them I'm God. He did not do that. Why are we worried about status? Why are we worried about pleasure? Why are we worried about pleasing other people? Why are we worried about these things? When Almighty God, He did not worry about that. He only wanted to save us. He only wanted to reach us. No, it's not always easy living for God. Because we're living in a world that don't care nothing about God. I know it's not always easy obeying God. But I'm telling you, God went through the same thing. He said, I overcome the world. And if I overcame the world, then you shall overcome the world. What he's telling you, there's trials and there's tribulations and there's situation in this world. But don't you worry, he says, I made it and you will make it because you're mine. Oh, God. We don't have to be comfortable all the time. Things don't have to go our way all the time. I don't have to enjoy everything all the time. I just need to make sure I'm yoked up with you, oh God. I just need to make sure I'm right with you, oh God. Ah, oh God, I know, Lord Jesus, that we're challenged all around. But God, I just want to be close to you. He said, as I close, he said, come out from among them. Come out from among them. That is, from among idolaters and unbelievers, from a frivolous and vicious world. Come out from among them. And he says, when you come out from among them, touch not the unclean thing. Touch no unclean thing. That is, we are to be pure. And to have no connection with idolatry in any of its form. Christians are to avoid all unholy contacts with this vain and polluted world. The sense is have no close connection with idolater or unholy persons. Be pure and know that you are a person of God. Know that you belong to the community and the kingdom of God. And I will receive you. I will receive you. I will recognize you as friends, as children of God. This cannot be done until we go to God and says, God, I need you to receive me. Oh, oh God. Sometimes it takes for us to get desperate for us to go to him. 
But one of the things while we have church is I'm here to help you to not get desperate to go to him. I'm here to teach you so you can go to him before you get desperate. Because one thing I've learned about desperation is most time when we get desperate, there's always there's already some wounds. There's always there's already some things that had happened to us, some scars that we received that we're going to have to take with us, even though he will receive us. We're still going to have to have some scars when we wait till it's desperation time. But if we can really not wait till desperation time and say, God, here I am. Will you get me? Will you receive me? Will you deliver me? Because I want my relationship with you to work. Will we just go to him while we're not desperate? Because we will save ourselves from scars. We will save ourselves from wounds. We will save ourselves from a lot of pain if we don't have to wait till we're desperate. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God. He says, and I will be a father unto you. A father is a protector. A father is a counselor. A father is a guide to his children. A father instructs his children and provides for them and counsels them in time of perplexity. A father relationship with his kids is tender. In accordance with this, God says that he will be to us a father, which means he will protect us. He will counsel us. He will guide us. He will be our friend and he will cherish us. He will nurture us. He will provide for us and he will acknowledge us as children of the most high God. God wants to be father unto us. He wants to nurture us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to counsel us, but we got to go to him. God is not going to force his way in. We have to go to him. No rank is more elevated as that of being sons and daughters of the almighty God. I don't care what this world can put on you, what title. I don't care how much money. I don't care how much uh, just, just, just you have experienced or what you have obtained in this world. There is no higher rank, no higher rank in this world or out of this world that is higher than being called a son of God or a daughter of God. This is why, yes, I'm pastor, but there is nothing greater than me being a brother of Christ Jesus. Because if I'm your brother and you're my brother and you are my sister and I'm your brother it means that we have God Jesus Christ as our father and there is no ranking that's higher than that what are we searching for what are we looking for we're looking for titles greater than son of God we're looking for titles greater than daughters of God there is no title that is higher than son of God or daughter of God Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, 
No title higher than that. No title higher than that. We can't be looking for titles higher than that. I am not looking for people to recognize me over being a child of God. Nothing else satisfies me more than being a son of the Most High God. That's what I'm striving for. That's what I'm living for. And nothing else is more elevated than that. Matthew chapter 11 says, verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke, for I'm sorry, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me tell you something. This is what I'm going to say in closing. If you're walking around trying to be a Christian and it's hard for you to come to church and you're feeling this heavy burden and things are hard for you, you know what it means? You're not yoked up with Jesus. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to tell you the truth. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know what that means? You're not supposed to be carrying around no weights. You're not supposed to be carrying around no heavy load. When you become a child of God, you're not supposed to be carrying around a load because you're yoked up with Him. He is the one that will carry the load. He is the one that will lead you. He is the one that will take charge. He is the one that will take care. And if you're living for God, and it seems to be heavy, if you're living for God and you can't seem to make it, if you're living for God and it's not working, it means you're not yoked up with... Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us. Oh, somebody needs to get yoked up with Jesus. Somebody needs to get yoked up with Jesus. Oh God, we think it's hard coming to church. We think it's hard praying every day. We think it's hard reading our Bibles. We think it's hard living righteous. We think it's hard living holy. We think it's hard being obedient. We think it's hard, Almighty God. But Lord, it must mean we're not yoked up with you. For God, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I heard from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost revealed to me that many of us, many of us, are dealing with challenges that's trying to separate us from God. You might not think that it's a challenge to separate you from God, but you're dealing with a challenging situation that's causing you to give God less. And then the devil will come into your mind and start pointing out things to make you think that, oh, I need to focus on this more than I focus on that. And I'm trying to tell you the Holy Ghost revealed to me, talk to my people about being yoked up with me. 
uh, because uh, there is a great move and push in their life uh, to get them separated from me. Uh, the first place it starts uh, is with the church uh, because their financial, their, 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 their spiritual health uh, is connected with their church. Uh, and when they start to struggle with going to church, uh, when they start to struggle in living for me, uh, it's because uh, they're struggling with their church. Uh, and I have chosen the church uh, to use uh, as my instrument. And God wants to help you today. Uh, he's trying to get you to understand. Uh, don't you fall for the okie doke. Uh, the devil is trying to get you separated from God. Uh, and all God is trying to tell you, don't just separate from me. I want to be yoked up with you. I want you to yoke up with me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And when you're yoked up with me, guess what? Only people that are like-minded can be yoked up with us. We can only be equally yoked. Once we yoke up with God, then the only way we will be yoked up after that is equally, not unequally. And God is trying to help us today to get over and overcome whatever it is that is going on in your life that is making you focus on that thing or that situation or that person. God sent me by here to tell you today, will you focus on Him? Will you get yoked up with Him if your burden and your way down? It's not coming from God. It's coming from your trial. It's coming from your circumstance. It's coming from the individual. But it's not coming from God. For when you're yoked up with God, God says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And then God says, and when you get weary, and when you get tired, I will give you rest. And when you need a renewing, and when you need a refreshing, the Holy Ghost will renew you and refresh you. Oh, God is telling us something. You need to be steadfast and unmovable. You need to do like this and dig your foot in. You need to dig both your feet in and says, I shall not be moved. My focus is on Jesus. My heart is on Jesus. I'm yoked up with Jesus. I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved because I want eternal life with God. Will you stand with me? Ah, yatalabasa. Etorodobo satalamaha. Yasatalamasotolomoho. Somebody, you just need to go ahead and worship the Lord this morning. You need to just go ahead and worship the Lord this morning. You need to just let God have His way. Somebody need to reach up to God and say, God, forgive me, Lord Jesus, for I have let my focus, oh God, be on other things, other situations, other people. God, I've allowed my focus to go elsewhere and not stay on you. God, God, I was supposed to be yoked up with you, but now I realize I've been yoked up with this 
stuff that's not even of you. I've been yoked up with stuff uh, that does not give you the glory and the honor. I've been yoked up with stuff uh, that's getting in my way uh, and my relationship with you. Uh, I know it now, Lord God, through the preaching of the word uh, and the power of the Holy Ghost. I know it now, Lord. Uh, And so today, Almighty God, uh, I ask, I come to you uh, in the name of Jesus Christ and I ask, oh God, that you will yoke me up with you, uh, that you will keep me from the world, uh, that you will keep me from the things, oh God, uh, that will eventually drive a wedge between me and you. Uh, the devil is after driving a wedge between you and God. Uh, he's trying to separate you. Uh, he's trying to separate you. Uh, he's trying to separate you from God. Uh, he's trying to get you to focus on everything uh, and every person uh, and every situation. Oh, that is not even important to God right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody need to reach, reach up to the Lord. You need to take this time and reconnect with God. You need to take this time to yoke up with God again. You've let, you've, you've let things cause you to redirect your focus. But God is trying to get you to be yoked up with Him again. God is trying to get you to redirect your focus back to Him. God is trying to get you to let nothing come in between you and Him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God says, I love you with an everlasting love. You are my child. I will be your God. I am your God. And I will lead you in a path of righteousness. I will keep you. I will uphold you. I have kept you. And so will you yoke yourself up with me. And trust me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the name of Jesus. My hand has always been upon you. The devil is fighting you because I have chosen you before the foundation of the world. Before you was even formed in your mother's womb. I, the Lord, chose you. And I've chose you to be my vessel in my kingdom. And the enemy knows that you're special to me. And he tries to get you to unyoke yourself from me. And to yoke up with other things and other people. But I am the Lord thy God. I am the one that called you. I am the one that chose you. And today I pray, oh in the name of Jesus, that God's hand will be stronger in your life like never before. That you will walk by faith and not by sight. That you will trust the Lord with all your heart. That you will not be easily shaken. That you will hold on to the word of God. That you will be steadfast and unmovable. That's right, that's right. Take your time. Take your time. Just talk to the Lord. Let the Lord touch your life today. I believe God is doing something special in the heart and the mind of the people of God today. I believe God has spoken to every one of us today. Just let Him have His way. Say, God, yoke me up with you. God, will you yoke me up with you? God, I want to be yoked up with you. I want to know you in an intimate way. I want to know you like I've never known you. I want to learn of you. I want to understand more of you. God, yoke me up with you in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, I've got more for you. There's so much more that I have in store for you, my child. Oh, there is so much more that I have in store for you. I will lead you to places that you could not even imagine. I will lead you and teach you. I'm going to reveal more of myself to you. Will you trust me, my son? Will, will you trust me? Will you yoke up with me? Will you spend time with me? For I'm going to do some things that you would never have thought of. For I am the Lord thy God. Don't you worry about the things that you have no control over. For I have total control over everything you have been concerned about. Everything you've been worried about. God want me to tell you, He has total control over all of those things. If you will put all your thoughts, all your trust in Him, He says He will handle the situations that you're concerned about. Oh yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm your source. I'm your source. There's no place you can go. Just me. I am the answer. I am the answer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. (laughs) Ah, no man come to the Father but by me. There is no place you can go for help, for comfort, for peace. Only in me. For I am the Almighty. I know your whereabouts. I know your thoughts are far off. I know what yearns you. I know what pains you. But you can only receive comfort, deliverance, protection, direction. You can only receive it in me. Look to me. For I am your God, your Father. I chose you before the foundation of the world. Don't you procrastinate. Ah, your God have chosen you and have called you to be a son. Hallelujah. 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 Ah. Ah. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Walk by faith, my son. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Lord. Break whatsoever that is in his heart that is stopping him from totally giving his all. There's something within him, Lord, but I come against every work of the enemy. I come against every work of Satan in your life. I come against every work that was in your past that's still trying to stay and keep up with your future. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. I command every curse to loose you. I command every stronghold to loose you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against every curse right now and I pray that God will destroy every yoke and every bondage that is upon you and that you will be set free today in the name of Jesus and that you will feel the liberty of God deep down in your soul that when you walk by faith that when you praise my name that when you give honor to me you will feel comfortable, you will feel empowered and you will not feel guilt, you will not feel uncomfortableness, you will know it is me and I will touch and agree with you. Lord bless him and keep him today, let your face shine upon him. I pray for complete and utter deliverance, I pray for empowerment I pray for strength. I pray that you will uplift him and uphold him. I pray that he will hear from heaven. Reveal yourself to him, O God, like only you can. In the name of Jesus. 
Give no thought on what you may eat or what you may drink or what you may wear. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Everything that you desire, everything that you seek me for, God say, seek my kingdom, seek my will, seek my purpose. When you seek me, when you obey me, when you do for me, all these things will be added unto you. Uh, You cannot add a statue to your life. You cannot add another day to your life. You cannot add anything to your life. Uh, But if you seek me, I, the Lord, almighty God, uh, will be the one that will add to you, will give to you, provide for you. Uh, I will fight your battles. I will come against your enemies. Uh, But seek ye first the kingdom. You're not not like everybody else. You got to know who you are. Jazzy, you got to know who you are. You're not an average young lady. God says, I've chose you. Before you was even formed in your mother's womb, I chose you. You're not like everybody else. You can try to fit in, but you will never feel peace. You will never feel peace. You will never feel joy. You will never feel comfort. Because I didn't create you to fit in. I created you to be a child of God. I created you to be my daughter. I created you to do exploits in me. And so you will never, you will never feel peace. You will never feel comfort until you allow me to be Lord of your life. Yes, I know you have acknowledged me as Savior. You know I'm the one that will save you. But I want you to make me Lord, which means ruler. That means king. Make me ruler of your life. King over your life. And I 